So earlier this week, I was in Phoenix uh, for the Amazing Parish Summit. That's their annual convention. And took with me uh, two of our members of our leadership team, uh, Sarah Tabor and Teresa Becker. It was a great, a great experience. Uh, there's about a thousand pastors and and uh, lay people on leadership teams uh, being together, getting some more tools of of how to. Because Amazing Parish is all about parish transformation through prayer, through healthy teamwork, and active discipleship. And you may have heard me talk about it before by Pat Lencioni who's a very well-known business consultant, and, and his career has been with consulting with Southwest Airlines, Chick-fil-A, Microsoft, all these big companies, and he's brought these principles, because he's Catholic, he's a, he's a faithful Catholic, and he wanted to help parishes to benefit from those things. And so we, um, uh, there's all this stuff about how to, how to become a better leader, and I know I've, I've grown a lot, and I've learned a lot through that. And uh, it makes me think about what the, the passages that we just heard, because we've hear, been hearing a lot about fear. So being in leadership often involves pushing against fear and not giving in to fear, right? Fear can, can cripple us. It can keep us from doing the right thing. Fear can keep us from doing what God wants or having difficult conversations, or making good but difficult decisions, taking necessary risks. Fear can keep us from trusting others or from being vulnerable. You know, one of the things that, that Pat Lencioni is really known for, too, is he says there's, there's, a, there's a myth that we have to dispel, is that this myth that no one should ever leave a parish. He says, because if you're going to lead, not everybody's going to follow you on that. Or, or, or if, and you can't lead by pleasing everyone because that will just paralyze you as a leader, right? So, uh, so, so there's, you know, wor working through fears and, and learning how to be a better leader. Because uh, I, I don't know any pastor who, you know, likes the fact when somebody says, you know, Father, I'm going to go somewhere else now. Like that always, that always is, is difficult for us pastors. But, but you know, we, we have to, you know, follow the Lord and lead and, and whatnot. So... That being one of uh, fear of myself as a pastor, think about your own life. What are you afraid of? Where is the anxiety in your heart? The prophet Jeremiah is afraid. Terror on every side. As those who were his friends prepared to denounce him and watch for every misstep to take vengeance on him. And the psalm we just, we just sang together has, uh, can, can provide the reason for, for Jeremiah's fear. It's a, the psalmist says, For your sake, O Lord, I bear insult and shame covers my face. I've become an outcast to my brothers, a stranger to my mother's children. The insults of those who blaspheme you fall upon me. And that had led them to being assailed by fear at the cost of preaching, of living and witnessing to the covenant with God. And now Jesus, too, if you go to the gospel, is giving the instructions to the apostles right before sending them out to preach the kingdom of God for the first time. And he knows they, too, will be afraid. They, they know that Jesus has already been attacked by smart and self-righteous people, like the scribes and the Pharisees. 
as well as powerful and corrupt people like the Herodians. And they had too much common sense not to know what awaited them as they went forth to preach the kingdom of God. In fact, Jesus promised them at the Last Supper, the world will hate you because you are mine. And we can feel like that now and again. In our world as striving to follow Jesus, to be faithful Catholics, as we stand up for unborn children, for mothers in difficult pregnancies, for authentic and truly loving pastoral care for those experiencing gender dysphoria or body dysmorphia, or standing up simply for common sense and the rule of law and religious freedom. We can feel like that with Jeremiah. But one of the exhortations that the Lord makes over and over and over again in the Bible is simply this, be not afraid. Be not afraid. It's one of the most often repeated commands that we hear from the Lord in Holy Scripture. And just here's a few examples. Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of a great nation. Oh Lord, I'm too old. I don't have any children. How is this going to happen? Abraham, be not afraid. Moses, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh to liberate my people. Lord, I don't know. You got the wrong guy. I don't even know how to speak well. Moses, be not afraid. Jeremiah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you are going to prophesy in my name. I can't do it, Lord, I'm too young. Jeremiah, be not afraid. Isaiah, you're going to prophesy in my name. Lord, I can't do it, I'm a sinner. Isaiah, be not afraid. Joseph, be not afraid to take Mary as your wife. Mary, be not afraid. You are to be the mother of God's son. And when our Lord walks on the water towards the apostles during the storm and they cry out in fear, he says, do not be afraid, it is I. Peter, do not be afraid to walk towards me on the water. And on and on and on. We see this in the saints too. St. John Paul II used to repeat it in almost every speech he gave. Be not afraid. How? The answer to our fears comes from this. Receiving and remaining in the love of God the Father. The Father whom Jesus came to reveal. That we don't have to be afraid of anything anymore because God the Father is real and he loves us unconditionally. He has adopted us as his beloved sons and daughters, that we are his. And this is a foundational identity. And we will, we will always be fearful until we have this identity in the bedrock of, our, of who we are as human beings. That we are loved by our Heavenly Father. That we are created good. And yes, that we are captured and enslaved by our enemy and sin and death. And that Jesus Christ has rescued and redeemed us. 
This is the father who, in response to sin and death that entered the world through the trespass of Adam, gave, as St. Paul just told us, a gift that is not like the transgression. That is the gracious gift of the one man, Jesus Christ, who forgave those sins and restored us to life. And when Jeremiah prayed at the end of today's passage, let me witness the vengeance you take on them. Little did he foresee that the vengeance would happen on Calvary when God responded to sin and evil with what? Merciful love. To death with life. God the Father so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. Living in the Father's love is the key to overcoming fear. And it's not that we won't feel fear. But you talk to soldiers in combat, some of the bravest people on that walk the earth, they'll tell you, in combat, it's, you're terrified, but you don't give in to it. And that is the key. This founding identity becomes this wellspring of peace in our soul. No matter what we're dealing with, no matter what challenge, what difficulty, what sin, whatever conflict, what, whatever we ha are dealing with, that wellspring of love, of the Father's unconditional love for us, constantly gushes forth into our soul from within because of Jesus Christ. There's one of our parishioners uh, who would, he, would, um, he would be the first to tell you, he's a little rough around the edges, but he also will tell you how it was finding the Father's love that has transformed his life. He says, I am not the man I used to be because I found that love in a very difficult part of his life. And, and remembering, too, that it's always the tactic of our enemy, the primary tactic of our enemy, the playbook of the evil one is fear. Think about it. Any, any sin that we fall into is precipitated by fear of something the fear of loss, and how he disrupts our relationships, even with the Lord, through fear. You know, I remember as a boy that whenever I woke up at night and I was sick, I would call for mom. But if I woke up and I was afraid, I'd call for dad. And he would check out under the bed and the closet and assure me there's no monsters here, there's no robbers. And often all it would take to hear his reassuring voice is say, it's okay, go back to sleep. Or to feel his strong hand pat me on the back or put his, put his hand on my forehead, fall right back asleep. You know, the same is true of our Heavenly Father. Jeremiah says, the Lord is with me like a mighty champion. And a part of being a father, of course, is to protect your children, to reassure them when they're afraid. And I think one of the reasons why that many in our culture are so afraid and that anxiety is, I, I believe, the most prevalent mental distress in our, in our culture right now is because many grow up without a father or 
or a father who makes them afraid. That's why it's so important for, the, for men to rise up to be good fathers, to be icons of our Heavenly Father, to show everyone who is afraid about Him. And so the Lord wants us to be free of the fear that keeps us from Him or that leads to despair that He doesn't care or that, or that He won't take care of us. He doesn't want us to be afraid of the challenges of living our faith in a depraved age, the challenges of virtuous living, the challenges of loving in the midst of our own personal weakness and failures. Amid the fear that can be paralyzing. And so we need to hear him speaking to you and to me. Be not afraid. Because we are worth so much to the Father. Worth not only many sparrows, but the life of his only begotten Son. You know, Jesus didn't merely come to reveal the Father. He revealed him to bring us into a relationship with his Father, to give us his relationship with his Father. And so he came to show us how to receive the Father's love and to live in it, how to abide in the Father's love, to abide in the bosom of the Father. And where we do this most especially is right here. You know, if you listen to the words of the Mass, it's a conversation between the Son and the Father, with us being with Him as beloved sons and daughters, and to speak to the Father and to hear the Father's response. You know, another great prayer, too, for this of living in the Father's love is that surrender novena. I hope every one of us has a copy of that and is praying it. And one of the penances I give often in confession is Psalm 27. The Psalms can help us so much. And that Psalm starts, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? So in the Mass and especially in the Eucharist and in prayer, we're drawn into the divine love of the Father. As St. Peter says in his first letter, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. This is the love that casts out fear. And so be not afraid. Mm-hmm.